Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and we have survived the tundra here in northern Colorado. I am so, so grateful to feel like I am back in my world and not living in Alaska. What is the weather like by you? What is the world like by you? I cannot start this episode without saying, how about the lions? I am still shocked. I am blown away. It is, first of all, thank you to everyone who is reaching out to me and saying that they're thinking about Jim and that they can't watch the lions without thinking about Jim. And they know he's absolutely celebrating and loving this. It means the world to me. This is how it should be. Grief shouldn't be something that's uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be something that people tiptoe around. And he really is, guys. Like we in Detroit have suffered through a lifetime, (laughs) really, really, truly, our entire lives, most of us, um, of watching them almost get there. You know, all of these games that they're winning now are games that they've lost. And there are fans were sitting there expecting them to lose because that's what's happened in the past. And and Jim isn't getting to see this physically, but we know he's with us and we know he's jumping up and down the way he does. And if you know him... You know, (laughs) like you can picture it, right? And so I know it and I know his friends are thinking it, but to get the messages and the calls means so, so much, right? It's like, it's how he's still here with us, right? And you can't be going through this as a Lions fan not thinking about Jim, right? So people from everywhere at the game, all over, he has friends all over that before the game, during the game, even today still are reaching out, sending me messages. And that is, it it just means more than I know how to put into words. It's It's really how it should be for anyone out there listening who is thinking, I have someone who has lost someone and I want to reach out and I don't know what to say. And so you procrastinate. These are the things, these simple things. This movie reminded me, this commercial reminded me. I drove by this favorite restaurant, right? During the game. For those, again, those of you who know, they talked about Buddy's Pizza. Now, when we would go home to Michigan and visit, we wouldn't just eat Buddy's, right? Like that's one of the must-haves when I visit my family 
lets me pick what we're having because there's certain things we don't have in Colorado. Buddy's Pizza is one, but we wouldn't just have it, right? Jim would also get an unbaked pizza that he could bring home and an, a, a baked pizza that he could have, right? So one would go in the freezer, one would go in the fridge. These are the stories, right? Like if you know him, you love him. There's no one on earth who doesn't. And to be getting calls and texts during the game, like, oh my God, they just talked about buddies. Is that what Jim talked about? And it's everything. So if there's anyone in your world who has lost someone and you don't know what to say, you do not have to come up with a magical answer, a perfect thing. There isn't one. You can't bring them back. You can't make it better. So something as simple as, oh my God, Buddy's Pizza. <laughs> they just talked about it on national television for the entire world to see, right? Or I just drove by, or this song came on the radio. That's all we need right now, truly. I am getting more messages and more people reaching out. It's like I did when I first lost him, right? And it's been six years. and. We need it. I don't need it any less than I did when I lost him. And that first few weeks, months, everyone checks in on you. Everyone calls, everyone reaches out. And then life goes back to normal. And then I start functioning and living life and working and people think I don't need the support as much. I do. Every single day of my life without him is difficult. So it took the lions to make people reach out and interact more. And I'm telling you what, it's amazing. And I hope it doesn't stop. So for anyone going through a loss, anyone who will go through a loss, take it from me. Don't let six years go by for you to re-interact. And of course, life goes back to normal. You, you don't have to every single day, every hour, but we live in the world of technology. We live in the world of emojis. It's very, very simple to connect and be there for people in an easy way, right? I have someone who I just reached out to today and said, is everything okay? I just, I haven't been able to get a hold of you. I haven't seen any posts. I haven't visibly seen you the way you normally are in the social media world. And I can't get a hold of you. And I got a response and not everyone checks in that way. It means a lot when people do, right? And there had been something going on with his health. There had been something that was causing a change in the way he was showing up in the world, right? We don't just go from being one way to another 
for no reason. It could be something as simple as internet, but it also could be something more important as health. And when people recognize it and check in, it means a lot. And when it is anyone, when it's someone who's married with all of their supports and they've never gone through a loss, it still means a lot. But when it is someone who has been through something, it it means more. They don't have as much support. So you can text, you can email, you can message on Instagram or whatever your social media platform is. There are so many ways to say, I care and I'm here. So please take it from me. I understand that life happens and people can't check in the way they did at the time of loss, but something as simple as football reminds them of Jim and they're checking in again and it means everything. So show up as, as with a heart emoji for the people who are going through it and remember that even when they are looking okay externally, when they're working, living life, that doesn't mean they're not hurting on the inside. So on another note, today, yesterday actually, uh, was the beginning of National Hunt for Happiness Week. Again, another awareness week that most people don't know about. It's not talked about, not on calendars. Again, it is on the Grief Hab 2024 awareness calendar because I think it's important. It matters. It's something that we can use to make our own lives better and to make people in our world's lives better also. What is it? Why am I talking about it? It is from January 21st to the 27th, and it's about the search for happiness. And what when most people talk about that, people are thinking about like, long-term happiness in life. But I'm talking about and what the hunt for happiness about isn't about being happy all the time. It's about making the best of the little things as much as we can, as often as we can, so that we can appreciate the moments in our everyday life that people overlook. Right. And if we can recognize them, if we can acknowledge them, then they, number one, they can show up more and they can make the bumpy moments, the not so great moments easier to get through. It's it's similar to why I talk about gratitude and having a gratitude journal, what we look for we will find, right? If I, if I did not look for these little things, I would be miserable for the rest of my life. I lost Jim and it is very easy to hate life if I wanted to. 
So as, as much as happiness is a choice, suffering is a choice. And I make a choice every single day to spend my early morning and my end of the day evening away from technology doing my routines. And those include focusing on gratitude, looking for happiness, journaling, spending my time doing the things that I know not only keep me sane, but have gotten me through this life without him. If we look for what we look for, we find, right? If I wanted to be miserable, I could find not only that I've lost my husband, I'm sure I could find a hundred things every single day to be miserable about. We know those people, right? Those people who can complain about traffic, the weather, you know, every single little thing that goes wrong they that you can look for, right? We could find, I don't even, I can't even think of things besides traffic and the weather because I don't want to live there. And I, if you know me, right, I use black literally and figuratively in my world because I don't even want that energy around me. So I'm not even able to think of those examples, <laughs> right? Um, stubbing your toe, um, you know, the person who cuts you off, again, a traffic example, but every little thing that goes wrong, spilling something, you know, breaking something in the kitchen, every little thing. But just as easily, if you flip that script, I love you, dad. I He, he doesn't listen anymore. I have close to 300 episodes at this point, but he can find, and for a long time, I've said this, I said this before he had two granddaughters. I remember saying, you have a granddaughter. This was before I had reconnected with Jim. You have me, you're going to walk me down the aisle one day. There's so much you can be happy about in your world. Uh, and he can focus on his health, which is not great. It's not good. Uh, so much to be miserable about. Well, I can focus on sunshine, the love, the magical love story that I have with Jim, two amazing nieces who adore me, family that's healthy, friends, uh, the fact that I survived the tundra, right? Like, if you look, you will find any and everything. I could go on and on and on. Uh, the Lions winning, right? Like, so... Suffering is a choice. I am not saying that anyone with an illness chose to be sick, but we choose how we live with that sickness. I have health issues. I had back surgery. My back doesn't feel as great as someone with zero back issues, but I do everything I can. And I don't really have that much back pain. I do my stretches every day. I ride my bike every day. I, I take turmeric. I like, I do everything I can to live comfortable, healthy, uh, without pain. And if you look, you will find. So hunt for happiness week is kind of about that. The theme is about finding it. What can you do to find it? 
And I talk with my clients about this, not only in the, if it increases comfort and decreases pain, that's how I make decisions. Am I going to do this? Does it increase comfort, decrease pain? That's a yes. If it brings any more stress, any more pain, it's an easy no, right? But we also get to play with it. Like there are a million things in this world that I haven't even tried. And I get to still learn what I like and what I don't like just when we're kid, like when we're kids. We get to play and figure out what's fun and what's not fun. As we age, the world intervenes and starts judging and saying, you might want to be careful. You might, you might not make money that might not, well, I, you know, I, I have eliminated that as an adult, just like I did as a toddler. Nobody worried about if we were going to hurt ourselves crawling. Even when we were riding our bike, our parents encouraged us to ride our bike knowing we would fall and they told us to get back on it. Life is the same way as an adult. Mistakes are how we learn. And so the hunt for happiness, I'm going to try things and I know that I'm not going to like them all, but that's data. The things I don't like get me closer to the things I will like. I spent my time that first year in agony after I lost Jim when I couldn't sleep, finger painting in the middle of the night. I did not know that I would be using art as healing at retreats with clients. At the time, I was doing it simply because I could not sleep. Now, no one is buying those paintings. My nieces say, oh, Aunt Sam, those are not pretty, <laughs> right? Like... These are not for sale, but they are priceless to me. They got me through the night and no one can tell me that that was not worth it or productive. And let me tell you at the retreats, my clients get so much out of what we do and the healing that comes with using art and nature to get through loss and trauma. And it's fun. It's fun. Bottom line, does it bring you more comfort than pain? So it does not matter that I am not Picasso, right? Again, it's a hunt for happiness. It's not about if it is going to make me famous or millions of dollars. So that is the point of this week. Are there things in this world that make you smile? They don't have to make you famous. I just went through 10 days in Colorado of the coldest, windiest 10 days that I remember ever being here. And I stayed in Colorado after losing Jim with my family across the country. They're my biggest support. I now have more. I have amazing support in my life. None of it is nearby. 
even the support I have in Colorado, I recently, I moved to an area that I know no one. I'm planting my roots and I'm making friends nearby. But the support I have is not local. It's a phone call or a Zoom away. So I stayed here because of nature and what Colorado gives me for healing. So the last 10 days, that is not what I had as an option. I had to go back to these types of things and what I would do indoors. And over the course of COVID, I remember thinking, thank God I'm not in Michigan. I, I couldn't get through the gray drear without sunshine or the indoor what do people do in the yucky weather? And it was only 10 days. The hunt for happiness is how I got through it because of these things. And so I, I want all of you listening to think about what makes you happy. And, and if you are in the thick of it, in some sort of miserable time, when a word like happy is laughable and nowhere in your realm of possibility. I get it. I understand when I didn't think I would ever smile again, let alone laugh or believe in words like happy or joy. And so that is why I say things like increase comfort, decrease pain, because you might not believe in happy or joy. So that is why if it decreases pain, then it's a yes. If it increases comfort, so you do not have to right now believe in this hunt for happiness. You can look for things that decrease pain. You can look for things that increase comfort. And that is why I was finger painting. Now that does bring me happiness. At the time, I, I just was doing it because it distracted me and got me through the sleepless nights. So... Whatever works, you don't have to believe it. Maybe one day you will just trust that there are things that can decrease pain and distract you. And that can be that can be cooking. That can be cleaning. That can be rearranging your closets and organizing. I am that person who loves, as a kid, I used to dump things out so I could rearrange them and put them back together. I get that too. Whatever works for you. I also, when I first lost Jim, missed my nieces and my family. Things that I love, 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 but at that time, Again, couldn't relate to smiles or laughter. I missed my nieces. Anybody who had kids, I said, you are welcome to bring over your kids for me to play with, your puppies for me to play with. Anything that you enjoy doing, you don't have to enjoy it as much as you used to. Again, I get that. Just be open to Things that will distract you. And maybe down the road, they'll bring a smile. So during this hunt for happiness week, 
even think about things if you're not in a place of happiness, things that bring other people happiness. Wherever your mind is, that's okay. But I wanted to talk about this week because, again, it is not the, if I win the lottery, I will be happy forever. It's not that one answer that gives us happiness forever. It's these little things. And I also want to add as I end that when we are really, really struggling, something that helps me and my clients, there's a few different ways that you can do this, is having a jar that you can write things down and fill, you can then throw the pieces of paper in it so you can fill the jar and see it rising so that on when you're in a place and you're thinking, I have no things that make me smile. Uh, I have no things in this world that I enjoy. Uh, or you can do it in a journal so that you can look and then open it up and read it, whichever type of way works for you. Uh, but you can take a jar, empty it. And today, if you do a puzzle and that's a little bit distracting or fun, you can write down puzzle on a piece of paper, fold it up and put it in that jar. And little by little, the jar gets filled up. And on a day that you're really bummed out and you feel like you have nothing to do and nothing makes you happy and nothing is fun, you can open up that jar and look at the things and get ideas. Again, the other option is to do it in a journal if you are more of a list person. I also want to point out that today is 10 years on the nose that Jim picked me up in Michigan. Well, he probably flew in two days ago. He did. January 20th, he came to Michigan. But on January 22nd, sassy Jim and I huddled up in the car to move me across the country from Michigan to Colorado. So it has officially been 10 years that I have been here, six of them without him. Isn't that so crazy how time is that like in my mind, I've been here most of it with him and I've only been in Colorado without him for this little snippet of time. Like in my brain, it's like two or three years without him and seven or eight with him, which is insanely impossible, obviously. But look at the way our mind plays tricks on us with time. Um, and we like rewrite things and change the stories. It's just crazy. I have been here without him longer than I've been here with him. And that is just the world I live in. And so thank you again to everyone reaching out to me, sharing your lion's thoughts about Jim with me. That's why it means so much. Because my real life is we didn't get enough time together. Our story was cut short, way too short. And I am so grateful that we have this magical love that some people never, ever even find. But in what world is it fair 
that I've lived here without him longer than I even had time here with him. I'm learning places in this state. I don't even think he ever came here. I don't even think he knows about Windsor Lake that I walk the girls around all the time. It's just wrong. So thank you everyone for being a part of this world with me and helping me get through this journey without him and um, being being a part of changing the way the world does view grief and letting me talk about it. Someone posted yesterday that they were sorry for sharing too much about grief. And I said that there's that they're not sharing too much. The world doesn't talk about it enough and that the world doesn't do it right. So thank you. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.